Have you ever tried to paint a really tall ceiling on a ladder? It's not the easiest thing to do, but if the ladder is aligned correctly and in the right position, it makes it a lot easier to complete the task. Our life is exactly the same way. When things are in alignment, everything's moving correctly. But what comes first, getting your life aligned or using things in your life to become aligned? That is exactly the world that our guest, Megan Gibson, works in today helping others find their true alignment to become the best version of themselves. So if you're ready to change your dreams into goals and start achieving the impossible, then this is the episode for you. So friends, are you ready? Three, two, one, let's go. Hey everyone, what's going on? I'm Mike Fancher and welcome to this episode of the MindFit Method Podcast. I am so excited today and you guys are absolutely going to love the guests that I have here because with me today is Megan Gibson. And Megan is actually a podcaster herself. She runs the podcast Freed to Be You and she has some incredible insight about transforming your life, realigning your life, discovering who you are, and topics that we're going to get into today that'll absolutely blow your mind. So I am so excited to have Megan here. Megan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk about my favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. My pleasure. And for all the listeners, um, you can probably tell Megan is not from the United States, especially with that accent. Megan, where are you from? I am from Australia. I actually live on the Gold Coast, which is a very popular tourist destination when you come visit this country. So I'm blessed. I live right near the beach. Could you kind of start by sharing with the audience a bit about your personal journey and what inspired you to become a life alignment coach, a podcaster, and an author? Mm, Well, I'm on the way to being an author, which, as you know, is not a small feat. True. (laughs) Uh, and I feel like the thing that really inspired me to to end up where I am now is my fascination with with human behavior in general. I started out working with very, very closely with people at a young age uh, as a hairdresser. And I just got fascinated with how people could move through life unhappy, unfulfilled, and really with no idea what they want or how to get it. And for me, I think that, I i mean, I started my adult's life extremely young. I was in a relationship from 16. I was working at 15. Like I didn't really know who I was either. I just got on the treadmill like everybody does. I got on the treadmill and I got on with it and I took on a persona that I felt I needed to be. Uh, in order to be successful, you know, quote, hand quotes, uh, in in those areas. And I wanted to do it perfectly. And that was something that was, I feel like, born in within me is to have this, this need to be good and perfect and and you know do be successful at everything. And this underlying drive, it didn't come from a healthy place, which I've uncovered, you know, through my work, but we all have it. And so instead of you know, being authentic and and under, and making our choices from a place that, you know, are going to fulfill us, we make them based on the external. And so I have been working with people closely, like I said, for a long time. And over the last eight years in particular, I've been in the coaching space 
Uh, and I've been really digging into answering that question for people. Like, who are you? If you ask someone who they are, they usually tell you what they do. But that's not who we are. True. Very right? true. And so, you know, answering that question is not easy on your own. And we need to get rid of the things in the way so that we can figure out who we are. And and I believe when we show up that way, when people get to meet us, as you've met me today, uh, the, there's no, nothing in the way of you seeing me. You actually feel seen, which is all we really want. Everyone wants to feel seen, heard and understood and accepted. And if you get rid of it, what's in the way of that happening, that's actually what you get. And it's pretty good. It's actually Agreed. amazing. Agreed. That's amazing. That's you know, having worked with so close with people at such a young age, you probably got to be on the receiving end of listening to everyone's deepest, darkest stories of just dread, despair, anguish, misdirection, don't know who they are. And then after many years, you just kind of took that experience that you had of, I hear what everybody says, and I want to be able to respond and to be able to guide from that simple. That's amazing. It's a great story. One of the things I know you talk about quite a bit is kind of like value aligned goal setting. How can individuals really look to identify their core values and incorporate them into their personal and their professional goals? Well, I feel that most people don't want to do this, but it's about looking back. Mm. You know, we need to look back at the things that we've tried to forget. We need to look back at, you know, the, uh, the the thing, the experiences that we've had and rescue the value there because we are a product of our choices. Our life is the result of our choices and we've made those, cho- those choices most of the time subconsciously. I, if you're on the treadmill, like I said, right, who are just right. making them day after day, no awareness whatsoever of why. And so we need to go back and we need to figure out, okay, well, There are values there. We're just not aware of them. We need to rescue them. We need to go back, look at the things that you were good at, look at the things that didn't go so well, look what you learned from those things and uncover what makes you unique because we can go through very similar, I mean, lots of people have been through similar uh, experiences, Mm -hmm. even within the same family. Like my sister and I, we both went through my my mother's two divorces and we're both completely different human beings, but we were both there. So we respond to things differently and right. we make choices based on the way we respond to things. So that's where those core values are found. And the interesting thing is that if somebody was to sit down and, and hand you a list of values and say, what are your values? Like have, pick them off this list. You'll pick the ones you like. Pick the ones that make you feel good about yourself. You won't necessarily find the intrinsic innate ones that are actually deep within the core of who you are that needs somebody to help you uncover those things and then reflect those things back to you. And it's so powerful when you can anchor it, mm-hmm. when you can anchor those values back to a particular, like where they were birthed or the origin of the reason gives it so much, it gives you so much more ownership over it and so much more intentionality can come from that. And so when we then go and set goals, we want to have more of those things because those values are the things that are important to us. So if we want to have more of those values reflected back to us in our relationships, in our work or wherever, 
you know, whatever area of life you're looking at, if you want those things to be part of your life and you want to align with those things, then your goals need to be set in alignment with those values. Yes. And so that's kind of the, you know, that's the the way that I approach goal setting. I think that it's important that we really need to know what we want. We need to know why we want it. That is fantastic insight. It really is because I don't think people think that deep. I don't think they go that down to that level to really discover where they're at, who they are. Um, I know before we started recording, we were kind of having that conversation of people don't know who they are. They don't, they don't even know who they want to be in many cases. They know they want to be something else and they know that there's something more, but they don't know where it is, how it is, or even how to begin to take that first step to get there. So many people, myself included, and pretty much everyone that I know, we all have moments of negative self-talk. Do you have a personal experience that you could share where you had to free yourself from negative self-talk or someone that you worked with that really just had an amazing story of how they overcame those voices that are in their head telling them they can't? Mm, I have so many. I have a love-hate relationship with that voice. Cheese <laughs> has a name. Oh, um, what is the name? Yeah. Oh, her name is Bitchy Bianca. <laughs> Sorry if your name's Bianca, no offense. Um, but I have a quiz. If you'd like to uncover your own, you can go and find that on my website. It's a lot of fun. And the reason I say that is because one of the things that I had to really uncover and understand, and I do this a lot with my clients now, especially women, is that we we grow up with a story that we've created at some point in our childhood for whatever reason about ourselves Mine was, I'm not good enough. Now, everyone could probably say theirs is a version of that. Uh, But my, I mean, I'm not enough is a common one. I'm not good enough was my story. And the story, I believed that so innately, subconsciously, unconscious is asleep, you know that. Subconsciously, I believed that, right? And I went looking, and we do this naturally, we go looking for evidence that that is true so that we don't think we're crazy, right? It's like we go looking for evidence to prove that this story that we believe is actually the truth. And guess what? When you go looking for it, you find it. It's like when you, you know, start thinking about having buying a red car, you see red cars everywhere, right? It's that part of our brain. It's natural. We're just going to go and find the things we want to find to solidify that belief. Now, how did I get past that? Um, I actually was having a coaching session with a lady that I was working with years ago. Uh, and I was, it was, we were working through something uh, in my relationship. And <laughs> I was on the phone with her and she said to me, you know, she was trying to get me to see what, what was going on differently. And she said to me, she said, Megs, she's like, just face it, you're an asshole. Can I say that? I just did. You did. <laughs> She said, we all are. I'm an asshole. Everyone's, everyone can be what they don't want to be, right? She's like, just don't it. Just, just fact, face the facts. And I went from bawling my eyes out to laughing so hard. It was <laughs> a, a very strange session. And in that moment, I re- she's like, but it's not you. She goes, 
You don't have to be that. She said, you, you're being that, but that's actually not you. It's not who you really are. And it was a big turning point for me because I was like, you're right. That's actually that evidence-finding voice in my head telling me right. to show up the way that I was showing up in order to prove to me that I'm not enough or that I'm not good enough. Because when you show up as an asshole, when you show up that way, you get reflected back for things you don't want to see. And guess what? There's your evidence right there. And yes. so that little session that I had <laughs> really, I got off the phone and I realized I was like, okay, I don't have to be that. I can choose to, to not be that way. I can choose to change my behavior. And what I ended up doing was naming, it was just something that kind of happened. I named this voice. It's like, okay, if that's not me, then it's going to have a different name. I'm going to name it something else so I can disassociate myself from that behavior. Not, not take, I mean, take ownership of it, but disassociate from it being, from being the real part of me, the true authentic part of me. That's not who I want to be. And so, <laughs> That's how the name thing come up. And that actually helped me to, to change the way that I was showing up because when I showed up in a way that where I started getting the evidence for that story, I, I, it made me realise it would be like, shut up, Bianca. This is, I'm not, you're not in the driver's seat anymore. Get in the back seat. I'm in the driver's seat and I'm going to choose to be to show up in a way that makes me feel good about myself, that makes me good enough. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. And with it actually, it leads exactly to where I wanted to go next, which was as you begin that, that journey of learning who you are authentically, then that authentic person suddenly has to interact with the people and the relationships around you. Yes. So, at that point, you essentially are, you have to embrace that authentic self-expression, but now in your relationships. And I would imagine that's very essential in order to keep that authenticity going forward. Do you mm -hmm. have practical advice? How do people, as they begin to learn who they are authentically, who they really are, and more important, just as much who they're not, right? Yes, Sometimes finding exactly. out who you are is finding out who you're not. Um, Correct. How do you foster this authenticity in interactions with others? I can tell you from experience that when, if you've been being a certain way for a long time and then you have the conscious awareness to show up differently, not everyone is going to like that for two reasons. Because when you are faced with, with what we're talking about and looking at this stuff, it's not an easy road. It can be really confronting, especially if someone has to really own some things they're not proud of, right? They don't want yes. to do that work. So when you start showing up authentically and when you, and I know this because of what I said before, when you show up and people get to meet you, like the results are different. But if someone has known you to be something else and then you start showing up as that, what actually happens is two things. You give people permission to be that too. You create a space for authenticity by being authentic but if they're not ready to do that, they're going to try and pull you back to the old version of you because it's more comfortable for them, right? So the trap there is you're, you're trying 
you know, to show up authentically, you're trying to be you, you're giving the people around you permission to do this, that's going to happen. And if they don't want to do that work themselves or they're too scared or it's too uncomfortable, it's easier for them to pull you back into the comfort zone that they're used to than to support you and have to do that work themselves. So they have to relate to you differently. Now, to answer your question, I just wanted to, you know, preface it with that. You, You have to continually choose yourself because what happens, especially with women, which is obviously my main uh, clientele, is we are naturally wired to nurture others. We are naturally wired to put people before us, to look after the people we love, and by default we end up abandoning what we want, abandoning the self, our sense of self, in order to be what other people need us to be. That's a natural way of being and it's not always a bad thing, especially if we're parenting. But we, at some point we need to realise where that line is because if we don't look after ourselves, we're give, trying to do all of that from an empty cup, I can tell you from experience it gets really exhausting really fast. So we need to make sure that we choose ourselves. So in order to keep showing up authentically, we have to make that choice every day and we have to recognise when we're not choosing ourselves. That's really the best advice I could give at first is just to realize it's going to be a daily choice. So give me your take on this because one of my mentors is Alex Hermosi. Um, He's the CEO of acquisition.com and he talks quite a bit about personal growth and being able to take yourself forward. And one of the quotes he has said before is, if the people that you're hanging around with only want to talk about the person that you used to be, not the person that you're growing into, then you need to find new people to hang around with. So it sounds to me as you were talking, and correct me if I'm wrong, that as you go through that process, as your authentic self comes out and you shed who you used to be, in that process, you actually may wind up shedding people that you used to hang out with as that former person. Yes, I had a lot of sad goodbyes. Uh, not, you know, over time, not in like over right. time. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I've, I think the one of the biggest ones for me obviously was was my longstanding relationship, my marriage. But, I mean, we'd related to each other the same way for a really, really long time and that was really difficult. That's the hardest decision I ever made was to choose myself because there's other people involved in that. What I can tell you is that I believe that as a parent that and as a mother that we need to we need to guide and be the example of what it looks like to choose the life you want. You you can't we're not a tree we don't have to st- stay where we are if we're not happy. And so yeah, it's you are going to shed relationships, jobs, whatever, you know, there's some that are going to be more painful than others, but you, you do, you do have to make that choice and then you have to move through it. And there's a lot of transformation that comes from that. Obviously there's breakdown and then there's breakthrough. Uh, And it, you know, as hard as that was, I'm, my life looks completely different now. Right. And the people that I hang around with 
and the people that are in my life on a daily basis are my biggest cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. They are, they do encourage growth. And so that's super important. We do need to be very mindful of our circle of influence because they're going to pull you back or they're going to push you forward. Right. Fascinating. And as a mom, as a mother of grown up children, how has your journey influenced your perspective on leading by example, really in this world today that often lacks authenticity and vulnerability? Mm, yes. Oh my gosh. Like we live in in a world where more than half of our existence is online. When you think about it, I mean, our money is online, our interactions are online, like our attention is online. And it, I feel like it's more than 50%, right? Might so, actually be more than that, but yes. <laughs> possibly, at least 50%, yeah, right? At least. I was being, I was being generous, but yes. we, we're the first, like for me, I'm in my 40s, like we are the first generation to bring up children that do not know any different yes. than this digital world that we have that didn't have it growing up. Mm-hmm. We didn't have it. Yeah, so we, not. we don't know what it's like for them to reach for their phone first thing in the morning and that th- that be their their source of entertainment, their source of connection, their source of community, their source of everything, right? Learning. We don't know what that was like because we didn't have it. So we have to try and parent this generation from a from the a place of really not understanding what it's like for them. So why do I say that? Because What I have found is that we need to educate ourselves. Like we need to be on the front foot with this more than, you know, it's like I've got sisters that are in their their 20s and early 30s. They they had internet when they were kids. Their kids are five and six. Actually, they're six and seven. Sorry, girls. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, they they are, I watch them. And they have, they have a lot more acceptance and they, they sort of handle that space. Like I want my kids off their screens and like right. playing card games and getting outside it because that's what my childhood looked like. Yes. So we need to be educated. And one of the things that's really, I mean, we've got four, uh, four girls between us. They're all over 15. So they're between 15 and, and 19. And their sense of self is developing based on, like I was saying before, what they see, what they see on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. So for me, as one of the main women in their life, it's even more important for me to show up authentically in spite of what I see online or in spite of what I think the world is telling me I should be because we're losing that. And, you know, you just mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, uh, people wanting to be something else. The thing about wanting to be something else is we're, if we're not careful, we're going to choose that persona based on, like I said before, what we like. So what I believe is that if we really, really want to have something more or something different, we need to go within. I mean, that's where we're actually going to find it. So it's modelling that. It's modelling that as a parent and being aware of the fact that they have influences that we didn't have. Yes. And if we want them to, we need to implement these things, implement this mindset of introspection instead of external validation. 
I think that would require something that I think is missing a great deal in the world today is, is resilience. And people are not very good today in general, being comfortable in the uncomfortable. And in order to get authentic mm-hmm. with yourself, you need to go deep, you need to go dark, and you need to get uncomfortable with who you are. But that uncomfortability isn't a bad thing. It's not something where as you dig in and you start to learn who you are, um, you know what values you have, um, what is important to you, as you start to learn those things, then you can start to spit them back to yourself. And I think we lose ourselves and you nailed it. We live in an Instagram perfect world, right? Everything is always perfect. Every Photoshop is, uh, or photo shot is perfect because Photoshop has been used to (laughs) make it perfect. And then we go to take a selfie of ourselves and we're like, ugh, but I don't look like everyone else does. The angle's not right. The lighting's not right. Nothing is right. And then we start to question ourselves, but is that really who we are or who we want to be? Or are we just pretending to be someone else? So we have to get comfortable in saying, I'm diving into places, you know, in my mindset, in my heart and everything that it's really uncomfortable to be here. And I would imagine as soon as you get to that point, you're exactly where you need to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're right about resilience. I mean, we, uh, like Luke and I talk about it all the time about the kids, you know, they, they don't go without anything anymore. They're in, there's that instant gratification is the, their way of life. So they don't, they don't understand that. And this is where it comes back to us, us being mindful of the fact that that's all they know. Like we know that, you know, if you want to be successful, you've got to plant the seed, then you've got to you know, water <laughs> and then the you get to harvest, right? Yes. Whereas they live in a society where that's not their reality. And the tricky part for us is that we actually need to realise that that is their reality and that that is actually True. possible. We don't get it, but they don't know any different. So we need to find that balance. And I think the thing with with resilience is because they don't they don't know that at the level that we know it at they almost get robbed of the opportunity to learn it unless we yeah. you know make sure that that we instill that in them i feel like you know we i'm sure they're going to learn it in their own ways but we really had to we really had to learn it in like <laughs> in real life in real time you yes. know it's a big topic, that one. We could probably have a whole nother conversation could, just about absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> we sure could. Your podcast, Freed to Be You, empowers women to embrace their authentic selves. And could you share a story or an episode from your podcast that just had a significant impact on yourself, your listeners, anyone that just said, wow, you, you just brought something out that I never even thought about? Yeah, I can. Well, my podcast is a bit of a baby compared to yours. But the one that most people uh, come back to me about is uh, the one about, it's about imposter syndrome. Mm. And so, and and again, it comes back to this, that, that story and that voice in our head and 
you know, the the things that stop us and get in the way of us showing up or going after something that we want. And one of them is this, this feeling of, of being an imposter because when, when we put ourselves out there and we try on this new sense of self in the world, right, we're going to get feedback that we don't like. We're going to compare ourselves to other people. We're going to do all the things, all those, if we don't take care of that voice, as well, it's going to get in the way. And so that that episode on imposter syndrome was with a, a dear friend of mine. Uh, she's a fellow coach as well, Teresa, and she talked about it being that that imposter is actually it's there to help you realize your greatness. It's like the imposter syndrome is part of the uncomfortable. It's like if you are uncomfortable enough to feel that feeling that we've named and labelled imposter syndrome, right, it's really just that voice and that uncomfortable feeling that we're talking about is there to serve you if you want it to. It's a, it's encouraging you to step over the line. Like on the other side of that feeling is everything you want. And so we need to turn that, that, that lead, as she puts it, right, into gold and it's a really cool analogy I really encourage you to go and listen to that one but I found that that's been the most impactful episode on my listeners and I heard another thing on that imposter syndrome literally just the other day it's like you're a beginner you're not an imposter you're a beginner and when we uncover who we really are and we do that work and then we start to try and align our life with that version of ourselves we're a beginner. We're not, you know, it's not, it's not who we've been being. So we need to wait for life to catch up with us. We need to do the work to then go and align ourselves with that. And I think that's where my work is a little bit different, perhaps, in my opinion, is that we don't just focus on that identity piece. We don't just focus on who are you. We then need to actually take action to make sure that we can stay that way. And we need to create alignment in our life in order to, you know, we need to focus on the different areas where we feel like we can't freely be that. We need to create alignment. And so, you know, that imposter syndrome episode was a really good one. She's actually a similar, uh, works in a similar space to me. So we had a really big old jam on that. And I found that just remembering that it's actually you stepping into your greatness. It's you stepping into who you really are that's bringing up that feeling. It's, it's, it can be exciting as it can be uncomfortable. Agreed. Agreed. I'd love to hear your perspective on this. I heard a quote today um, that honestly is still kind of stewing in my head and I'm trying to process it myself, but in the conversation we're having right now, I'd love to hear your perspective on it. It was talking about how the world today tends to shun those that have a bit of arrogance and are always encouraging people to have more humility. But humility without arrogance doesn't necessarily take you anywhere. And arrogance without humility um, can be a pretty nasty recipe. And the quote was, those that will be the most successful in the future will have a unique balance of arrogance and humility. Give me your perspective on that. Wow, yeah. You know, the first person that comes to mind is my amazing man (laughs) because he, like one of the things about Luke, he's not arrogant, but you could, you know, confidence can get 
confused with arrogance. Yes. Right? Yes. So you need to have this inner confidence and this knowing that you can make it happen and that you can um, create whatever success it is that you're looking That There has to be a level of, I'm going to call it confidence because it's a nicer word, but arrogance, right? Right. Otherwise, what else is going to drive you? And then the humility part of that is making sure that you remain in touch with who you are at the same time. Yes. You know? It made me, it made and, me think of a yin and yeah. a yang. It made me exactly. think of the balance. Right. And yes. it's funny because yes. one word, humility, is one that I think is looked at upon very fondly. Oh, if someone's, you know, has humility, it's so wonderful. And then you say the word arrogance and people are like, oh, that's a word we're trying to yeah. shy away from today because mm-hmm. even confidence for many people is like, oh, they, they're so confident. They think they're all that. But that unique balance, one without the other, mm-hmm. doesn't really work. But the as it was being said today, I was like, oh, that's so good. Like there are yeah. two words that are on the opposite ends of the spectrum, yet they need to be in, in a relationship with each other. Absolutely. And let me, t- let me tell you a quick quick story about um, where I've seen the perfect balance in in Luke. Um, we were away on the weekend for our anniversary and he's, you know, he's very successful. Uh, he's, he's built multiple businesses and we were sitting on the beach watching this, this busker play music and these kids, these three kids came and set up a little stand to sell drinks right, out of this mm-hmm. esky. And we were just watching them. We're like, oh, look at those guys, you know, they're so, they're so cute. They're so, we love it, that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, like we were talking before about, right. you know, kids these days. They weren't on their phones. Anyway, they set up their little thing and we could tell after a while that it was the first time they'd done it. Anyway, we're watching for a little while and Luke, <laughs> and Luke said, he goes, I'm going to go down and give those kids um, $100 and buy some water and tell them to keep the change. And I was like, why? And he's like, because he's like, oh, I had to start from nothing. And I had to, you know, build my, I got what I built, I built from nothing. And, and it's like, I just want to give back. And I'm like, okay, go on then. And so if we went and he had a little chat with him and they, they were blown away. Yes. And then he just come back and sat down and, and it's like, not, not like anyone knew other than him and I didn't need any kudos for it or anything like that. And those kids, they will remember that forever. Oh, 100%. Definitely. And so to me, it's like that perfect balance between, like that made him feel good, obviously. Right. Because he could do that. But it was more about how it made them feel. It was this perfect balance of exactly what you're talking about. And obviously it made me love him even more. But I feel (laughs) like, you know, it's it's exactly what we're talking about. And, And it's that vulnerability as well that we we talked about earlier is that's lacking. I feel like that's a, uh, you know, that humility and that vulnerability, it is attractive, but so is confidence. I agree with you completely. You have to have arrogance and confidence in order to make anything happen. Yes. Yes. You have to have that belief. It sounds very much like your coaching process guides individuals towards uncovering their intrinsic values, their unique gifts, that they have. Can you walk us through 
a little bit of that transformative journey that clients experience during this process? It's a deep process. Obviously, you know, there's that, that um, there's a lot of vulnerability in the first half of that process because you need to be willing to let the walls down and, and uncover the things we need to find intrinsically within them. Once we've done that, it's then about putting language around what we find. So what I believe is that when something is in, in a feeling or when it's in the mind and it's not expressed either verbally or written, it's, it doesn't have, it's not tangible. It's not as tangible until we've spoken it or we've written it. So when we uncover those things and then we, we put powerful language around those values, we can then be very intentional about the next step. So the second half is all about, okay, now we have that language and we have that clarity. We Now we can be really intentional about how we move forward and start to live this out in our life. And that's where that goal setting and the action and the, you know, learning how to have the right tools and strategies to stay aligned. I like to think of it as like your own internal compass. So we got to build the compass and it's something that's tangible then that you can hold on to and that you can use to stay aligned and direct and make and navigate your path forward from there. Really, it sounds like what you're really trying to create is someone to reset their mindset. And I know mindset, it's a word that I see everywhere today. It's the new buzzword, right? Everything's, what can you do for your mindset? I even used it in the tagline of my newest book. That was one of the things, reset your mindset. But Mm -hmm. to build on what you just said, mindset often plays really a pivotal role in that personal transformation. And initiating that first step to change your mindset is a huge thing. But I think it's often under-realized how important it is to then maintain that mindset going forward. Yes. While it may take people 10 years to start, once they start, as soon as it gets hard, as soon as you take a wrong step, as soon as you the path goes slightly different than what you think, people get scared and it gets very difficult to stay on that path. How do you help them through that process? Yeah, well, I mean, that's... That's one of the things that I, I think is important in the journey, in the process, is making sure that they have the tools to navigate the order and the chaos in their life. I mean, you talked about yin and yang before, right? It's like life is going to keep happening. It's going to keep happening. And it becomes instead of it happening to you, it's now happening for you because now you have a way of moving through it in a more healthy way and with more intentionality. And so when it comes to how do I help people with that, sometimes we need to get back on a call and like go through some of those more recent experiences and see where we were were off track, where you weren't aligned, and then give them more strategies on how to then come back into alignment. And I want to be redundant. I want to, I mean, that's as a coach, I feel that should be our goal, right? We don't want to yes. <laughs> have them never not need you. Like we want them to be able to do this themselves. So it's about constantly realigning. And that realignment process is is 
making sure that we keep those values front of mind, making sure that we know what it feels like in our body to be aligned because we're going to feel it before we know it, right? Like we're going to know, yeah, we're going to feel that disalignment, that gut feeling, that whatever you want to call it, it's not going to feel right. That's your first indicator. So we, we know we really look at that and, and, and get them to look at that feeling in the body, like where is it coming from? And then there's the voice, which is also not, not real, right? It's there, but it's not real. So we need to, like we start to align all these things and, and then you start to go, okay, now I have, I have a pattern that happens when I'm out of alignment with this particular value. Feel this way, then this is what I start to tell myself and then I start to get off track. So then we can turn that around. We can choose to do it differently. It all comes back from that uh, that clarity and the understand that deep understanding of self. And it's mind, body, and emotional. Right? It's not just it's not just the words we say. It's the feelings we have. It's all the things. So it's all got to be like in alignment. You, right. It's like when you look in a mirror. Right. And, you know, David Goggins talks a lot about the accountability mirror that, that he would use to get himself to where he was. And, you know, you look in the mirror and you either see yourself as the person that you don't want to be, or you start to see yourself as the person that you do want to be. And I wonder when you go off those tracks, when suddenly, oh my gosh, I can't do this, right? I don't know how to do this. I don't, I'm not strong enough to do this. I almost wonder does the picture in the mirror change for someone as they started to see themselves as someone different of, you know, I now identify as someone who is strong, as someone who wants to go after life, as someone who is going to take that bull by the horns and go get it. And then you get that, that misstep, right? You get that thing that all of a sudden it didn't go exactly the way you wanted, which that's part of the journey. It's going to happen that Mm -hmm. way. And that's okay. But I almost wonder for people, when you go back in that mirror, do you start to shift back? Do you see the person that you were before and begin to say, that's so much easier. I'm just going to, maybe I should just go back. This is a hard journey. Maybe I should just go back. But it sounds like in the amazing work that you do, you really, that's exactly almost where they have to be to get to that next step and say, no, you just, what just happened is you were just battle tested and you battle tested and you got through it, but now you're looking back and saying, yeah, but that was really hard. And I don't think I can do that again, but you already, you'd already proved that you did. So yes. it's a matter of using those battle tests to be able to go forward. That's, that's yes. amazing. Yes. That's amazing. And it's celebrating, celebrating the win. So part of that realignment is also looking at what, where you were in alignment. It's looking at what did go well and what it did feel like when you were aligned with, you know, one of my big ones is acknowledgement. I get tripped up by it all the time. And so, you know, and it's not the dictionary meaning, it's what it means to me. Like what acknowledgement to me is about being seen. It's about being seen, being heard and being understood. It's not about getting a pat on the back and telling me that I'm good or whatever, right? That's what I used to think it meant. For me, it's about being seen. And so, like, how can I be seen unless I'm showing up how I want to be seen? If if I'm seen as something that I'm not, I get very triggered by that. 
if someone's, you know, I get, I get defensive. So first I'll get triggered, then I'll get defensive. And I can hear it in my language immediately. I'm getting a lot better at catching it before it's, <laughs> Is before that when it Bianca comes out? Comes out? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, but like, you know, I, I know what I need to be in order to feel seen and heard the way. So it's on me. And now the value of mine is personal responsibility, but they go hand in hand, right? It's like, it's my, it's, it's on me if I don't get seen the way I want to see most of the time. Right. Most of the time. Otherwise I'm not meant to be wherever I'm in front of whatever person I'm looking at me, but that's one of the ones that trips me up all the time. And I know, I know exactly uh, what it feels like when it's coming up and why, and having that level of understanding about yourself, you automatically going to go within because it's a way easier road. Because if you deflect that and push that back and involve somebody else, involve the other person, then now you've got to deal with them as well as you. So it's way easier to go into internal to, to to look at how am I creating this situation? Like what, do you know what I'm saying? So yes. it's, it's, it's helping people understand how to do that introspection and how to turn and look within instead of looking out because the world is going to reflect back to you what you're putting out. And we have to remember that. So we have to right. make sure we're putting out what we want, what we want reflected back to us. As you're putting that out to the world, how can individuals really find and nurture that supportive community or network that really encourages them and uplifts them? You said before the people that are around you now are your biggest cheerleaders. Are there are there things that people can do to be able to to create that community if it doesn't already exist for them? Yes. I mean, you do, you have to go out and, and put, start behaving the way you are <laughs> being you, <laughs> obviously. Uh, and you'll, what you'll find is when you have a, that awareness, you start seeing different things you didn't see before as well. Like you're going to put yourself in different situations because you're going to be trying to align with what feels true to you. And so what? guess what you're going to find there? People that are like you. So if like it's you. community, if we're looking at, you know, within your local community, I mean, get out there and start living your life. Like give yourself permission to go and be more of the things that you now know yourself to be, to go and experience the things that are going to make you feel the things you've decided you want to feel. Like you need right. to put yourself in those situations. When when you are being you and you're showing up as you with nothing in the way, people are either going to love that or not, and that is okay. And the ones that do, it's going to be a way easier relationship to have than the ones you've had in the past where you've had to uphold who those people needed you to be for them. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to be who you need to be for you. And naturally, you're going to attract the people that like that. But you do have to leave house, leave the house. We can do that now. It's not COVID anymore. Leave the house. <laughs> get out there. Be amongst it. If it's online, make sure that if, you, if you're in a community, if you're in a Facebook group or you're in a space online where it just doesn't feel right or the conversations are triggering you because they're not aligned with what you believe or who you know yourself to be, then leave. It's like I said before, you're not a tree. We need to go in search of those things. But 
We just actually need to show up intentionally and truthfully and that does require a level of vulnerability at first because it is a new new way of being. Well, it's actually who you really are. You just haven't been that, haven't been being that. So we've got to try it on. We've got to put ourselves in situations where people can like it or not like it. And then we need to be brave enough to choose ourselves and move away or towards those people. Excellent. Love that. Looking ahead, what vision do you have for your work and the impact that you hope you're able to make for individuals to really more authentically align their lives? Uh, I mean, I, I have, we all have big, huge, you know, those big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my sort of immediate, more immediate goals, uh, I want to build a community, or I am building a community of women who are all, who need exactly what we just described, a space where they can show up and try themselves on, where they're going to be encouraged to to do be to be more of who they are and to to do the things that they say they want to do and then create that encouragement and that natural level of you know having a group full of cheerleaders that are all on the same path so yeah. i've i feel like it's easy to step back when we don't have people around us that are encouraging us so if they don't have that in their life they're going to need people around them. And from what I've found, the ones that have continued to keep trying themselves on and keep stepping up and keep being more of themselves have had people around them that have encouraged them to do that. I'm one of those people. So I know that that's what they need. So providing that space is really important to me. Amazing. Let me ask, as we start to wind down, Throughout your experiences, have there been any specific books, podcasts, or resources that significantly impacted your personal growth and mindset? And if so, would you share it with the audience? Happily. Oh my gosh. Do you know who I have a bit of a girl crush on is Mel Robbins. So I've read all her books. She's So the first book I ever read of hers was 54321. Yep. Was one of her first books anyway, but like that book was the first one I read. And I just remember thinking to myself, if you, if I can do that, I'm going to beat Bianca. Like she doesn't even have time to show up. I'm already out there, out the gate doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, And that was one of the big, like was kind of around the same time that I was doing that work that I found that book. And so that was very pivotal. She started a podcast uh, last year, a year ago. And her podcast is fantastic. I mean, she just listens real to it every and week. authentic. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I love her. Uh, and you know, I mean, if I can have that much impact on people being real, then that's all I can ask for. She's incredible. Uh, and also earlier, like in my life, like in my 30s, I was a huge Wayne Dyer fan, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Uh, and that's where, you know, that, learning how to be in flow and allow things to come, like, you know, that that part of my language definitely is impacted by his work, you know, that, that feeling of, of attracting into your life and allowing the things that you want to flow to, towards you. And I know that 
combined with what I've been talking about, if you are being you, then what are you going to attract? Right. The things that allow you to be more of that. So, you know, it has a big, big impact on a lot of my language and, and, and definitely the way that I show up as well. Finally, what message or mantra do you live by that you'd like to share to our listeners as a source of inspiration? This is not a dress rehearsal, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So this is it. (laughs) This is it. There's no doubt about it. I love that. Megan, I have absolutely, truly enjoyed our conversation today. You have so much to offer. Let me ask, so for people that will want to find out more about you and your programs, how do people find you? Well, I am a bit of an Insta girl. I don't know why. I just find it easy to show up there. So you'll definitely find me find me there. <laughs> uh, but I also have a brand new uh, Facebook community, which is the start of what I was just talking about before, creating that environment for people. And really, like if you come and jump in that group, it is a place where you have 110% permission to be you. And everybody in that group is in there for that reason. And I am there to encourage you to do that. And there's definitely going to be times where I'll let you know about things that I have going on or offers that I have, but I feel like that would be the best place for you to get to know me and get to know my community. And if it resonates with you, I do believe too, Mike, that I can't serve everybody. There's a lot of people in this world and I'm not everyone's cup of tea as we just discussed. So, you know, you got to find your person. you got to find the person that you're going to feel comfortable navigating this journey with because it's not an easy one. And so I just encourage you to just, yeah, come, come get to know me over there. Come see what the environment's like. And if it feels good, then I'm all in. Megan, this has been fantastic. For all the listeners, if you look in the description for the podcast, all of Megan's links will be there. So all you have to do is go right there and you can learn everything that you want to learn about Megan and all the amazing things that she's offering. Megan, thank you so much for your time. This has been fantastic. Thanks, Mike. Hey, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Don't miss this Thursday's episode. It's going to be a big one. I have two-time Olympian Shawnee Harley on the episode. You're going to love it. So stay driven, everybody. And until next time.